following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. I don't know about that, but she didn't have to wear that dress tonight. Although she is in a wheelchair from all the tantric sex that Sting <laughs> is famous for. Sting can fuck for eight hours. They call him the Crippler. Damn, that's scary. Hey, Greg, it's me. Your zany, wacky neighbor. Micah. How you doing there, buddy? Well, I'm a little confused. Why's that? Because I don't remember giving you the keys to my apartment. (laughs) Oh, Greg, you know you always keep your door unlocked. Also, I was masturbating. So what's wrong, buddy? Why are you looking so down in the dumps? What's the matter? Is your mother-in-law staying over for the weekend? <laughs> no, she's dead. <laughs> oh, good. But speaking of perfectly timed death, my girlfriend was recently possessed by the ghost of the Iron Sheep. Iranian superstar from the WWF, Iron Sheik? The very same! Wow! But you know what? What? It turns out, he's a little bit offensive. Do tell. Well, I don't know why you're asking me. Well, you could be asking him yourself. Hey, Iron Sheik! What are you doing in Greg's girlfriend's body, bro? Besides the obvious. I fucked your wife, I fucked your daughter, and I fucked your son! Oh, God! Sheik, I don't think that's legal. I'm gonna fuck your ass, and then you're gonna be humping. Sheik, Sheik, come on, man, we have company. <laughs> Shit, I'll have what the Sheik's having. Don't get fucking smart with me! Oh, I... Mm, You don't call me, you don't return my call back, fuck you motherfucker. I mean, sure, okay, Sheiky. I am the man with the tennis cock. Yeah, you keep saying that. I can't beat you, fucking motherfucker. All right, man, it's 2023. I think we've evolved a little past that sort of lane. Fucking bullshit! (laughs) But anyway, you see what I'm dealing with here? Wow, Greg, sounds like you got yourself into a real pickle. My life sure has turned into a situational comedy. I beat the fuck out of you. Oh, has it, Greg? (laughs) What would you call this situational comedy? I don't really know, but the Sheik has had a couple of suggestions. You want to hear them? <laughs> Boy, howdy. We've got modern fan. How I your mother. I love and Grace. The honey. The knee. All in the fan. Sex and the. Married with. Arrested development. 
My name is Rock. Malcolm in the Mad about Boy World. Young and hungry. The golden with you. It's to Beaver. Gilligan. The of Queens. I dream of G. Third from the sun. God's favorite. The Cosby Show. Trailer Park. Three's come. It's always in Philadelphia. Days. Guy. But you know what? I think the obvious answer is just gonna have to be. You ready, sheep? Fuck you, motherfucker. Prince of Bel Air. Yeah. Something we can all watch with the family. Fucking piece of shit. No good motherfucker. All right, calm it down there, sheep. Ladies and gentlemen, we are. My name is Micah. I am coming out of Reno, Nevada. Over there in Buffalo, New York, is none other than Craig. Craig. Hello. Say hi to the peoples. Don't get me wrong. You no good try kill you. You no good try fuck you. And I got more rhymes in the Bible Scott song. And uh, apparently yeah. we're also being joined by the Sheik, who's on the south side of heaven. Yeah, you know, uh, has it been easy living with him these last couple of weeks? Uh, yeah. My hands have been full, my friend. My hands have been full. Uh, full of 10 inches of Iranian cock. I remember being told in uh, middle school gym class that uh, you never want to lift cock with your back. You got <laughs> to use the legs if you don't want to have uh, injuries later in life. That is true. Uh, so, Greg, on a, a serious note, uh, hmm. I believe that we're the reason why Iron Sheik is dead. Oh. You know, is we, that true? We, yeah, man. We spent that night in Roseville together in the hotel, and instead of Wigwam concert, Wigwam, Wigwam, uh, we ended up watching an Iron Sheik documentary. month later, pff, he's dead. It was probably one of the most romantic evenings of my life, second only to the previous evening that we shared together, and then... Uh, you know, third only to the one before that. So we had a pretty good couple of days there. It is a shame the Sheik died, though. It really is. You know, back in my uh, my wrestling days, I actually had an opportunity to meet the Sheik. Did you? I think you're cool. Yeah, uh, this was in the outskirts of Cleveland. Good. We It was uh, myself and another gentleman. Good. We stopped at the promoter's house where the Iron Sheik was hanging out smoking crack rock in uh in his son's in the promoter's son's room it was a bunk oh. bed thing and he was smoking crack rock out of aluminum foil you know when you put it that way it doesn't sound quite so whimsical and wacky and fun anymore no uh, no it was actually kind of depressing was there a child in the room <laughs> just sitting in the corner crying oh my god little bitch the sheik was a hell of a character who is a hell of a fucking performer uh his personal life aside I think we can all thank him for the fucking just hundreds of thousands of hours of entertainment that he's given us. If he wants to smoke a little crack in my son's crib, it's it's kind of a fair trade-off, I think. Yeah, it, it, what's wild is, is that he actually traveled with it. He had the crack rock shoved underneath his balls. That, oh. that space between your balls and your asshole. Yeah, what do they call that again? Uh, the taint, the gooch, the inch. I've heard grundle. Yeah, grundle is a good one. Grundle plus. <laughs> Oh, uh, stuff, yeah, the seam, 
you know, I once knew a wrestler. Uh, you're here telling all these prestigious stories about the time you spent smoking crack with the Iron Sheik. I had a, <laughs> I had a celebrity encounter. Big time wrestler that not too many people knew about. He was sort of a, a hidden gem. Man by the name of Randy Tompkins. Oh. Yeah. Ever hear of him? No. He was famous for his finishing move, known only as the, the Seam Splitter. Okay. Yeah, it was, kind of, it was like a tombstone pile driver, but he just kind of grabbed you by the inner thighs at the end and just forced them apart. Very <laughs> painful looking. Yeah. Oh, man. Ooh, yeah, the redness that it caused. I don't think that's legal. Oh, and he was constantly covered in rashes. I think that was uh, was part of his appeal. Are you sure this is a wrestler and not just a homeless guy hanging out in front of the shop? You know, I'm not sure of that, but I do know his name might have been Randy Tompkins. Okay. We became fast friends. My boys. Wait, 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 wait. You know what? The Maniac Motion. Well, Greg, before we get into it, I think it's best if we have a moment of silence. For Randy Tompkins? For the Iron Sheik. Oh, well, they are both dead, so uh, maybe we can combine it. How about that? Okay. All right. All right. Ready? Yep. Here we go. Okay. You ready? Yes. All right. We're going to do it. Okay. Moment of silence. Okay. Moment of silence. Mm-hmm. Whoa, oh, boy. right. All Perfect. right. Yes. Beautiful. Woo. Yeah. Burning hell. With the rest of Al-Qaeda. Yay! Well, Greg, with all that aside, did you watch anything new this past month? Well, it has been a little bit of time since we last put out an episode. But I got to be honest with you, man, it's been a little tough, been a little hectic, you know, dealing with the veritable husk that my girlfriend and roommate has become uh, since being possessed by the soul of, uh, what's his fucking name again? Uh, Gary Phillips, the Iron Sheik? Uh, uh, Gary Chandler. Name, right? yeah, yeah, Gary Chandler. Gary the Sheik Chandler. Uh, you know, honestly, it really doesn't matter. Uh, what's important is that I live with him now, and uh, it's kind of fucked. Clogged up my shower drain, like, first thing. That was, like, day one. Never puts the seat down. He eats all of my sausages. Well. He hasn't done the dishes once, and he fucking never wears a shirt. Oh, and don't get me started on how dull my mustache scissors have become since this asshole has moved in with me. guys do have the same facial hair. Yeah, yeah, I've been working on that. It's uh, a little bit of an homage. Yeah. I can only hope uh, that this... uh, shield of hair on my upper lip is the one thing that protects me from his wrath uh, because yeah. i will tell you he does get angry yeah um the crack probably has something to do with it. probably yeah, now that i'm thinking yeah he, definitely the crack he gets out of hand and he's yeah. you know he said some hurtful things you're a cocksucker <laughs> yep like that fucking fucking motherfucking oh and that yeah you know mm. this guy he just He'll, he'll keep going if you let him. Uh, you're 100% right, sir. Um, I did watch a couple of trailers, though. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. All right, keep it going. All right, let's have at it. All right, man. Well, the first one is called Resident Evil Death, Death Island. Island. 
Oh, man. Finally, the all-CGI Resident Evil movie we've been waiting for is here. I don't know what game they're working on uh, or what they're trying to fucking base this off of. It's on Alcatraz or whatever. That, that doesn't ring a bell. Uh, but it's got Jill with her look from the remake of Part 3, and it's got Leon, Claire. Uh, they all basically look like they're new versions uh, from the recent hit video game remakes. But also, they're zombies! Yay! 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 And you know what, man? I still love zombies. I know they're played out. I know everybody's fucking sick of them at this point. But I still love them. I'm still cool with the fucking the shambling dead. So, uh, who does it better than Resident Evil? Oh, I guess man. That's a question you know that this film is hoping to answer. At first, when I was watching this, I'm like, wow, this looks like it's going to be a real sweet video game. And then it dawned on me, this is a movie. You are correct, sir. Yes. Uh, but the one, uh, the main takeaway that I have from this, other than the fact that it takes place on Alcatraz, is that there's fucking zombie sharks. You really can't go wrong. Dude, because back on uh, the movie Zombie, you know, Fulci's classic, you have a zombie fighting a shark. So now it's like the shark's revenge. You know the rumor where you can't uh, flip a shark upside down, otherwise it can't like right itself or it dies or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being a zombie shark has many advantages, not limited to just that one. They can They're literally spin. unstoppable now. They can probably flip. They're already kind of drawn to the smell of blood, so maybe the smell of brains fits right in there. Um, Dude, and like, you know how like the whole thing, like if you boop a, a shark in the snoot, it'll be like, ah! fuck and then just like kind of let's like fuck off and go its that's, own that's way that's 100% true yeah i saw it on spongebob it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i don't think that's gonna work on these sharks so you can't no. poop them in the snoot and you can't flip them upside down like you're just fucked well i would think that you might have some kind of advantage uh if you were to get clever with the chum <laughs> taking your little speedboat around just throwing buckets of chum here and there and everywhere just kind of lure them with fish brains that's another question i guess are they attracted to fish brains or human brains? Not a bad question, Bert. Ooh. Or other shark Ooh. brains. So, yeah, yeah. Is that the thing? Like, is, is this shark going to go after other sharks? Is a zombie shark going after normal sharks? And the normal shark's like, no, Fred, I'm your friend. Not like this. Clump, 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 clump. And then Randy shark turns into to a fucking zombie. And then he goes and bites Kevin shark. And then Kevin shark goes bite Jill shark. And it's just like a horde of zombie sharks. Are they, is it like a, a, like a shark apocalypse? Like like the zombie apocalypse happening, but in the, in the, the, I hope all of these questions get answered in this film. This is a very important aspect of the zombie apocalypse that has not been addressed until I think this film. I think they're going to make a point of it. I think this might be part of the main mission statement of Resident Evil: Death Island is to inform the public what of the sharks. What of the sharks? I mean, Zack Snyder gave us a baby zombie. Or, or, or rather a fetus zombie. Why can't we have a shark zombie, a shark zombie apocalypse? I'm actually mm. much more interested in this than I was uh, five minutes ago. Yeah, yep. yep I yep. may actually watch this movie. Although, from a, a plot line point of view, how are they going to, like, how are they going to justify all of these people just kind of hanging out in Alcatraz? Because I want to say, I could be wrong, because I'm just basing this on the visuals. That version of Leon... Uh, that version of Claire and Jill, I don't remember who else uh, I saw in the trailer. They're all from the earlier Resident Evil games. Uh, they all didn't turn into like superhero secret agents working for the government yet. I think Leon was just a cop at that point. Leon was um, just a cop, yeah. It's probably not important, 
really, I just want to see the fucking zombie sharks. Ah, something to do with umbrella. I'm sure umbrella is always. It's always umbrella. It's always it's umbrella up to their old shenanigans. You can check out Resident Evil Death, Death Island, Island arriving on Blu-ray and the digital on July 25th. Fuck yeah! So our next trailer is called Mad, Mad Heidi. Heidi. She's angry, and this is a world of chocolate, cheese and fascist dictatorship with more gore, guns, and hot Aryan girls than you can shake a stiff Swiss stick at. This ain't the sound of fucking music. It's Mad Heidi. Mad Heidi is about a dystopian Switzerland that has fallen under the fascist rule of an evil, an evil cheese tyrant. Awesome. Heidi lives a pure and simple life in the Swiss Alps. Grandfather Alpohi does his best to protect Heidi, but her desire for freedom soon lands her in trouble with the dictator's henchmen. When pushed too far, you know what? Basically, this is going to be a bloodbath. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, fascist dictator, he's going to kill everybody. But there's bad Heidi. She comes and just fucks up all these fucking Nazi cheese-loving assholes. This is the esteemed Alice Lucy versus cheese Nazis for an hour and a half or two hours or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And uh, even in the trailer, there were some very decent-looking uh, gore shots. Oh, and, God. Uh, it looks like they're going to lean on the practical effects a little bit. So, I, you know, official stance of DTS is that we are all for that. And uh, I don't know if you noticed in watching the trailer, but could you make out who the president of Switzerland was? The dictator fascist piece of shit, cheese-loving asshole? Oh, of course. Yeah, it's uh, the, the man... Who has basically built his career on playing presidents? He might be the best president of all time, literally perfect for the role. It's fucking Bill Pullman. Bonjour. Except in this one, he gives the Independence Day speech in uh, Swiss for some reason. I don't really get it. <laughs> Le 4 juillet ne sera plus connu comme la fête nationale américaine, mais comme le jour où le monde a déclaré d'une seule voix, nous n'entrerons pas dans la nuit sans combattre. Nous ne voulons pas disparaître sans nous battre. Show those stupid Americans who look like the frog. Le jour de notre indépendance. It was Casper Van Dien. Oh, even better. We love Casper. Yeah, we do. I've always said, uh, you know, if uh, you and I were to engage in, uh, you remember that movie Hall Pass, how that whole system works? I always kind of thought that Casper Van Dien would be your Hall Pass, and I wouldn't consider it cheating on me. My Hall Pass for you would uh, would definitely be Richard Brake. Ah. Okay. Yeah. You know, he seems violent. Tall, thin, leathery, probably has a giant hog. You know, I can't help but think that there's a little bit of a strategy in your choice there, giving me the old hall pass that I might be a little uh, deterred from engaging in. <laughs> I mean, this guy's no Casper Van Dien. It's not exactly a temptation there. No. I would suck Casper Van Dien's dick. That's right, Mad Heidi will be released Wednesday, June 21st. Wednesday. It is among my favorite days of the week. That's called the hump day, Greg. 
Yeah, and I have the mind of a seven-year-old, so that's uh, that's really funny to me. A lot of fucking. I'm dead inside. Me too. Yay! Our next movie is called Sympathy for the Devil. I love that song. Starring everyone's favorite actor slash raving maniac. Mick Jagger. He's playing a, an unhinged hitman or something. I don't really know, but uh, pleased to meet you. Hope you like Nick Cage. See what I did there? It's that That song. was really good. The... Yeah. This is oh. a Nick Cage movie. I see it because Nick Cage is in it. If you like Renfield, if you like uh, Face Off, if you like him just getting fucking crazy. He's going to do more of that in it. This Nicolas Cage resurgence is the best comeback I've ever seen in Hollywood history. Ever. God damn, did he need it, too. He was selling his castles. I think he had to give up his dinosaur egg or whatever it was. Yeah, Um, he had to to give it all up. He had had fallen on hard times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Nicolas Cage fell on hard times worse than Dusty Rhodes ever did. I'll take your word for it. And I'll be your all night long. I don't think I miss what you think I miss. That's right, dude. Sympathy for the devil ghosts a little something like this. After being forced to drive a mysterious passenger, Nick Cage, a man finds himself in a high-stakes game of cat and mouse when it becomes clear that not everything is as it seems. This is going to arrive in theaters July 28th. I, for one, cannot fucking wait. Renfield is movie of the year. I've recommended it to everyone i've talked to for the last three months same uh, as soon as movies come up i tell people see renfield it's yep. it's got something for everybody really like it's just a fantastic movie I uh, but just... i have to say um that little blurb that you read for sympathy for the devil if nick cage wasn't in this that sounds like the most generic fucking plot it, it's literally the synopsis <laughs> to collateral with uh yeah. tom cruise and jamie fox things are not what they see yeah, that did sound incredibly boring, but if you guys watch the trailer, this is Nick Cage turned up to 11. Yeah, he's uh, you know, he's doing all of his trademark shit. Got the bug eyes, he's fucking yelling for no reason. But uh, like even and more. And that goatee, I mean, it's just it looks so terrible on him. It, how could you not get amusement out of that? It looks like uh it, like the old like 1960s shows when it's like this guy's a devil, they put an evil goat. It looks like evil Spock. It's like South Park. It, yeah, yeah, very good. Very good. With that in mind, this might not even be the actual Nick Cage. Huh. Oh, that's this is Canadian Nick Cage. Conspiracies abound. This might be an impostor. <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever seen him with a goatee before? Yes, once. I mean probably. That's how I right? ended up in the wheelchair. <laughs> oh. Our next trailer is for a little film called the Gates. The Gates. And it is all about a young upstart individual, talented when it comes to computer programming, motivated to develop the world's most popular operating system, feuding with a man, a competitor, so to speak, for the ultimate title of personal computer dominance. Now it's a Bill Gates thing. I'm talking about Young William Gates, a biopic about his incredibly boring early life and the way that he developed the Windows operating system. Yeah! No, probably not. But the Gates is actually about a serial killer 
who has been sentenced to death by electric chair in London in the yeah. 1980s. Yeah, that's what but, I'm saying. 1980s, uh, uh, the guy that made Windows, he, he was probably a serial killer, right? Like, he looks like it. Oh, he totally does. I mean, he's had those Dahmer glasses for a long-ass time, man. You know what? I could see Richard Brake playing as Bill Gates in the Bill Gates biopic. You know what? Nah, what? Still doesn't turn me on. Oh. I'm just kidding. It kind of does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Gates. Uh, it looks like someone got possessed at a convent or something. Like, I don't really know. Gimli's in it, and he's that dwarf that we all love. Yeah, he's also yeah. Indiana Jones's buddy. His fat buddy. The fat guy with the fez hat. Yeah, Indy. That's a quotable line from him. That's the only quote I know from <laughs> <laughs> Let me hold your coat, Indiana. Indy. <laughs> He was also in that show Sliders. Remember Sliders? Sliders was a yeah. good show. It was uh, it was like the poor man's quantum leap. I mean, you say poor man's quantum leap. I mean, I don't know. It was more like a like the GoBots version of Quantum Leap. Well, that isn't that the same thing? I mean, whatever. I eat imitation cheese all the time. Look at me. All right, all right. Don't get me wrong. I'm not disparaging, you know, the Kmart version of Quantum Leap. Sliders had a lot to offer, and it had a fun name. It is, just like those little tiny burgers. Or what happens in my pants after I eat those little tiny burgers. That's where the name actually came from. So back on the gates, it's about a serial killer who's been sentenced to death by electric chair in London in the 1980s. But in his final hours, he puts a curse on the prison he is in and all those in it. So uh, yeah, this looks like a real good time. It looks like a slasher with a nice paranormal twist. I gotta be honest, I... Barely even made it through the trailer. This one just uh, kind of bored the hell out of me. Are you serious? This looks fucking uh, great. Until I saw Gimli, and then, uh, you know, then I got interested again. But I've always had this thing for dwarves. So yeah, but your side piece, really anything. Richard Brake, is in it. And he plays you know, a dead <laughs> body. That's another thing you're into. I mean, shit, man. Well, of course, everybody thinks about it. I like it. It's a statement. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I've joked about it. I mean... I don't know. I'm kind of thinking about it right now. Nah. Now that you throw Richard Brake into the mix, like I'm definitely considering it. Yeah, just a, get a load of those little heat guns, some Crisco. Well, you need one of those, uh, one of those little hand warmers that you kind of pop the thing in it. Oh, like when you go skiing, you stick yeah, it in a your chemical reaction. Yeah, you, know, you put that in there, kind of. Yeah, that stuff hits the air and it rejuvenates the body. You know. So you would shove those in the orifices. Well, I don't know. Do you shove them in or do you just kind of like pack them around? That's tough, man. I don't know. I think the only way to figure this out is to just like do it. You know, now I'm thinking curling iron. Is that a better option? That work better? I think it would like kind of make things a little too crispy. We got you don't have a like, low setting. Obviously, we're not fucking savages here. Is there? I'm thinking of like the 1980s curling irons where you just plug it in and it's hotter, hot enough to toast bread. You know, I don't actually know too much about the way that technology has progressed. Yeah, I, I assume it stopped in like. You can, I don't know. I think a curling iron you could turn on with your fucking cell phone now. There's probably an app for that shit. I'm picturing one that's like it's the size of a baseball bat and it's got all kinds of like chrome and shit on it. Yeah, and and you full need of, like full a of asbestos. You need like a gas-powered engine to actually like turn the shit on. Yeah, comes yeah. with its own generator. Yeah, that's that's what I think when I think curling iron. Okay. If there are any females in our audience, they could probably weigh in on this and uh, 
you know, set us straight. But I think we're just going to have to go on and continue thinking that curling irons are. I think we technology. have maybe one and a half female listeners. And that is rapidly changing with this conversation, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the gates. Look for gates this summer. It's releasing one of these days. And yeah, uh, June 27th. I said there that. There we go. Okay. Great. Beautiful. June 27th. Uh, watch it if you want to. It doesn't look that good. Boy, howdy. <laughs> Our final trailer for today is called Devil Stupid fraud. Okay, John. And this is if Candyman went au français in what appears to be the most accurate depiction possible of life as Tony Todd's roommate. So basically, this movie is Candyman Part 3. I didn't see a whole lot of bees. There was some pretty spooky looking face paint, though, and I know uh, <laughs> some of the hosts of this show are into that kind of thing. Okay, man, I am a recovering juggalo, so can we leave it? You have grease paint in your pocket right now? Shut up. You got a little tube? I... It's a palette. White on one side, black on the other. That's why they call it Devil Rue. I got a nice rouge. Nice. That was a bad joke. <laughs> Devil, Devil Rue actually takes place in New Orleans. Good. And uh, much like other horror films that take place in New Orleans, as The Skeleton Key, Hatchet, Candyman Part Tree, uh, there is another one. No. And he is Creel Spooky. We had an agreement, man. We weren't supposed to say the name. Well, I could say it four times and nothing will happen. Wait, it's four now? I thought it was three. No, no, no. It's, it's five times. If I say it four times, it's nothing five, will happen. Seven it, times? It means, is, it, is it three? I'm going to say it twice. No, it's right. I think you can get away with like 15, 16 times if you really want to. Prondy, man. Okay, well, that's one. Um, say it like 22, 23 more times and we're fucked. Prondy, man. Okay, well, that's two out of the 36 that were allowed, so I don't know. Greg, I hope you brought your cocktail sauce because Prondy Man. Well, I've always got my cocktail sauce on me, but they're like, all right, dude, 47, and we're done. You cannot keep saying this name. Ah, uh, Prondy Man. What are we up to now? Is it like five, four, five? It doesn't fucking matter. 69, 69, 69 times you say 69 his times. Name. You can only say Prondy Man 69 times before he emerges from your toilet and shoots fucking shrimp all over the room. All right? It's happened at my house. It's happened at your house. He makes a mess. He stinks. Nobody wants him around. So please. He's not as terrifying as he is just kind of smelly and slimy. Yeah, I mean, in a way, that's just as bad. He's, he's just a fucking Nuisance. nasty seafood-smelling motherfucker that you just don't want sitting on your couch. He's wet. He'll leave a residue. Into the fabric. Yeah. You can't get it out. Febreze doesn't do it. Well, everything in New Orleans is wet. He thrives on moisture. Mm-hmm. I had to steam clean my carpet the last time you pulled this shit. And you only said it like five times last time. So all you, you had the to full limit, like, I don't know. Do, do, like, do more than one come out? I don't even know how this works. It's, it's one prawny man, but he's made up entirely of shrimp. Does he, does he get, like, bigger the more times you say it? Like, once he's already here? I don't even know. I mean, he's not going to grow, like, the way the monsters did in fucking Power Rangers. I, I, you know, he's not Bane from Batman where he's just going to, like, get bigger with different, like, types of seafood. Really? I kind of thought that, like, that's what powers him. Like, But he stays away from the prawns, right? Because those are his friends. He doesn't eat the prawns. No, he doesn't eat the prawns. The prawns are part of him. They're simultaneously 
his friends, his family, like they're, they're very close. Like prawns have kind of like a hive mind, I think. I don't know. We have to stop because I'm literally going to have nightmares about a fucking man made of nothing but prawns. It happened before and I hate it. That is part of his mystique. Yeah, he shows up in your dreams. He's he's one part Freddy Krueger, uh, one part Candyman, you know, with uh, invertebrates instead yep. of bees. Yeah. He's kind of, he's he's got a little bit of fucking... He's got uh, a little bit of Beetlejuice in him. Kind of, his attitude is grating, to say the least. Yeah, but he um, sounds like Belial, that little fucked up thing from Basket Case. He sexually harassed my mom. She was asking for it. She is like that. <laughs> Devil Rue with Tony Todd will be coming out uh, th- this week, actually. Uh, really? You can find it on demand. And also, there's one thing I want to point out about this movie is uh, that Sherry Davis is the one that directed this movie. You may know her. From directing the Sherry Davis, the classic Amityville Moon, the one with the fucking wolves in it. Yeah, the one that we covered back in our uh, where where March or where June or whatever the fuck where uh, full moon full, June, full it moon full June. Moon, June. Well, yeah, the mix between full moon and full moon. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all of last summer was full moon. Well, you know what so, all of last summer also was for both of us. Summer of chlamydia. Four months of rampant alcoholism. So it's not surprising that neither one of us can remember what the fuck we did. Uh, episode 69, Amityville Moon. Check it out. Probably our best episode. Easily our best episode. So that about does it for our trailers, my man. How do you feel about discussing some current events? All right, dude. Terrifier 3 is actually oh, hey. getting a really big fucking budget because of guys like Pete Pete Davidson, what's his name? The one that's with the one Kardashian or whatever? The one that looks like uh, Freddie Mercury? He's in that movie? Uh, apparently, he's in talks with Damien Leone. He's, uh, he's been tight with him lately. Uh, Pete Davidson was just seen playing basketball wearing a Terrifier 2 t-shirt. Uh, you know, I hear he's just like a super cool guy to hang out with. Sure, he's a great guy, but I just don't find him funny. Also, I've had this thought for some time now and everyone that i mention it to tells me that i'm fucking crazy so i'm just gonna throw it out there into the airwaves run it up the flagpole so to speak see who salutes not for nothing pete davidson kind of looks like ned bighead from rocco's modern life from the right angle what angle is that well the front probably you would have to see his face And I could tell by the incredulous look on your face that you are yet another person who does not agree with me on this point. Mr. Bighead, gee, he doesn't look too good. Hey, man, when I was a kid, I thought Joe Bob Briggs and Bruce Campbell were the same person. Well, they look basically identical. Asshole. I, yeah, but that's a that's a big horror faux pas on my part. But I was also a kid watching Monster Vision well, going, oh, that's that guy from Evil Dead. Well, hopefully it didn't cause any uh, major complications in your life over the past 30 years. This is my stick. Yeah, Terrifier 3 is actually going to be coming out either October, November, or December of 2024. So we're not going to have that five-year gap like between the Terrifier and Terrifier 2. Yeah. Uh, This is, like I said, it's getting a huge fucking budget. Terrifier is going to become a real big deal, dude. Okay, late 2024 for the release, Terrifier 3. And if you're anything like me, I'm kind of hoping this one's going to be just a little bit uh, briefer. 
the number two, as good as it was, uh, it was a little bit long. Yeah. Little, uh, oh, God. It was so long. Literally um, could cut an hour out of that movie. That movie could have been an hour and 20 minutes. Unless the intention with number three is, is going to be like a three and a half hour epic. So let's make the Avengers. Sure. Why not? Uh, hey, man, the Ghoulies is actually going to be coming out in 4K. I know you're a big fan of the Ghoulies, that little guy popping out of the shitter. That's a lot of fun. I am a lover of all puppets. You know that. Oh, we got ourselves a 4K restoration. We got interviews. Got fucking uh, all types of shit. Interviews. Going to be loaded with a bunch of features. Expect to come out September special 12th. Features? A lot of special features on this all one. All right. So what do we got? Like behind the scenes shots, like deleted scenes. Yep. Interviews. Uh, all that shit. Deleted scenes. A gag reel. Crew interviews. Interviews. There's like a watch along with the director, some of the cast talking oh, about right. shit. Yeah, commentary. it's gonna. Yep, commentary. It's gonna be a good fucking time, man. I'm all about that shit. Got like actor audition tapes. Uh, it didn't say that part. Oh. Yeah. When's the last time you had grape nuts? Probably around the last time I watched The Ghoulies. Cool. Excellent! Hey, there's going to be two more Wrong Turn sequels. Yeah! Yeah, these are actually going to be following <laughs> the... But don't get too excited there, Greg. Sorry, I, uh... Whew, got all hot. Yeah, man. Uh, this is actually going to follow the last wrong turn movie that uh took place following around that uh the foundation those mm. that weird post-civil war going to the yes. woods people. a controversial classic i didn't i was not a fan of that that was no i, I think the official stance of uh the damn that scary podcast is that we did not like that film no 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 we did not like that film i would love to see the uh disturbed inbred hillbillies again but apparently that's that's out i was just gonna say the the three <laughs> children from the the first couple of movies were not present in that last one no 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 they were uh they were replaced by weird swedish swiss whatever the fuck they were Bonjour. Uh, you know, i i know we talked I, about it we we kind of featured that movie what was it episode fucking i don't know 69 of course are these movies written by fucking ai now they might as well be is that is that what's going on because my god dude all i want to have are just backwoods fucked up hillbillies fucking up a bunch of fucking teenagers we don't need this uh, this this social justice bullshit right it's unnecessary you go go to get a group of kids go in the woods to fuck each other do a bunch of drugs and you got three fucking pissed off hillbillies that's going to fuck them up, eat them. I want to see some tits. I want to see yeah. some gore. And yeah. I, I want to see some tits. That's all yeah. you fucking need. You don't need I mean, this it's, other it's basically, bullshit. Uh, it's the hills have eyes, except it takes place in Appalachia uh, rather than the desert, right? It's not yeah, a complicated yeah. setup. But they just, you know, that last one, they just couldn't help themselves. They had to do like a militia thing. It had to be fucking, it had to be a metaphor. Like, that's not why we fucking watch these movies. No, at least not me. I don't. I like to fucking just stare blankly forward and not think. USA, USA for like an hour and a half, two hours. Why are we calling um, this wrong turn? Just call it the foundation. Oh yeah, whatever this new sequel is. Hopefully, uh, they're gonna write the ship, take a correct turn. <laughs> Get it? Uh, um, who are we kidding? We're gonna fucking watch this anyway. Yeah!
Speaking of fucking movies that are just like just continuing and going on and on and reboots, whatever the fuck you want to call it, Lionsgate is actually set for a Leprechaun reboot with uh, a modern day reimagining. Another one. Another one. Didn't they just do like a, a soft reboot of that? It, see, no, they they went the Halloween approach where they cut out all the sequels. Yeah, it was okay. a direct sequel to the first movie. I got to do look up in the tree. Who else in the level car and say yeah? yeah! So the obvious question here, I'm just going to go right ahead and ask it. What of Warwick Davis? Don't know. It's a little too soon to tell. This is still in the beginning stages. Honestly, I don't think Warwick Davis will reprise the role. Yeah, well, my, uh, my stance is firm on this one. A leprechaun film without the D-Man, Will Davey. Little WD, weapon of dwarf destruction. I'm not interested in seeing it. Well, the last time we saw the Leprechaun, it was mm. in 2018, which was directed by Stephen Kostansky, the guy that did Psycho Gorman. Psycho Gorman. You mean the esteemed member of Estron 6? That's the one. I don't think they've made a single bad movie. So. They, never ha- they never have. And you know what? You take anyone from that fucking, any one of those five guys, anything they're in, anything they touch, it's gold. Those guys are fucking gods. They're Canadian gods. I love them all. Yeah. The last time I saw five guys in you, I wanted to give you a fucking gold medal. I mean, it was just a burger. I want to go. That was a pile of Olympic proportion. A pile of peanuts, you know, from the restaurant. What did you think I was talking about? Cock. Oh. The guy that's at the helm directing the new Leprechaun movie is Felipe Vargas. Was he the bad guy from the second Uncharted game? Yes, as a matter of fact, he (laughs) was. And he also directed this short horror film called Milk Teeth, which I haven't seen. But since it's a short, I'll probably definitely check it out. Maybe. I mean, we might as well. Let's watch it together. All right. It's called Milk Teeth. Let's all watch it. Viewers, listeners. Everybody, buy some milk. Whole milk. You can't watch milk teeth with skin. That's not fair. I mean, 2% milk, milk maybe, but I'd recommend whole. It's two and above. Two is the cutoff. Get yourself some milk. Swish it around in your teeth. Watch milk teeth in 4D. Do yourself a favor. To me, it looked like a leprechaun to me. I got to do a look up in the tree. And well, uh, there's going to be another uh, there's gonna be another Hocus Pocus movie. Hocus Pocus 3 is going to be coming out. I'm sure you're excited about that. But more importantly, Mm -hmm. uh, you like Frankenberry? I fucking love Frankenberry. Well, then you're going to love Frankenberry's super hot cousin, Carmella Creeper. Uh, I'm, I'm a little more into Count Chocula. I, I don't know about this Carmella Creeper, but... Uh... Well, Carmella Creeper, she is sexy, she's sassy, and she's a DJ. Okay, so I got a question for you. Yeah, buddy. The General Mills monster line of cereals, I have to say, very near and dear to my heart, probably my favorite cereals of all time. No doubt about Count it. Count Chocula sits on the throne at the top. It is number I'm a one. blueberry guy. Best cereal ever. I will fucking physically assault anyone who questions that. I uh, Booberry? Me? But you got your Booberry? Yeah. You got Love your Frankenberry. As far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned, they're all on the, you know, they're all up there. They're on the same level. Yeah. Slightly below, you have Yummy Mummy. And then yeah. the fruit, fruit. Now. Not a fan. My point is, you may have noticed, all of these characters are significant popular horror tropes you got your vampire your frankenstein a ghost a brute which i think they interpreted as a uh, wolfman 
Wolfman, Brute, whatever. Same yeah. shit. It's a monster. Uh, yeah. And then your mummy. So my question is, what is the deal with fucking Carmella? Carmella? How exactly does this fit in with the line of other cereals? Well, she's got greenish blue skin. She's got great tits. She's got a real sassy look. She's got great tits. And uh, she's got some stitches on her face. A little bit of a strange thing to say about a cartoon serial character, but is she supposed to be like a zombie? Is that what a creeper is? She's got great tits. You know, she kind of has a, a zombie. You know what? Yeah, she's dead. I think she's she's dead. She's reanimated. Uh, she's got uh, she's got great tits. Kind of like a goth look and a really uh, appeal to the goth adults and the goth kids. Uh, she's got great tits. She's got real good come fuck me eyes. Uh, black some nails. Reason she's wearing some... headphones. Like I don't really. Uh, yeah, she's wearing headphones. She's a DJ. She's a DJ. What? Like, why? Go, you know, because she's spinning the monster mash. Oh, this is part of the official plotline of the the General Mills serial. Yeah, you know, she's doing the mash. You mean the mash? The monster mash. Oh, was it some kind of graveyard smash? It went on in a flash. Carmela sucks. Also, what flavor is she? She's going to be caramel, appled, and flavored. Oh. Well, then I just have one last question for you. Yeah. Does she have an OnlyFans? <laughs> She's got great tits. Great tits. Well, you know, man, as much as I enjoy discussing uh, the merits of the newest General Mills serial character, there's something a little bit more important that we should probably get to. Yeah, what's I that, think Greg? It is time to apologize. Ugh. This again? There you go. Oh, uh, I, I did the, it. I, I said reverse the roles it. a little bit this time. Yeah, but, okay. Uh, we've been getting a little experimental lately here on Damn That Scary. And uh got to say, I agree with the audience. It's not working out for the better. No. But if we listen to feedback, we'd be a very different show. So, my friend, my uh, companion, my esteemed colleague, how would you like to go first? <clears throat> well, all right. Uh, I'd like to apologize to the late uh, Treat Williams. Oh, that's right. Mer he died, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, American actor who unfortunately passed away at the age of 71 today on a uh, uh, motorcycle accident. Uh, Treat Williams, yes. we all know and love from uh, Spaceballs. Of course, yep. Independence Day. Sure, classic. Lost Highway. Yeah, he was the guy. That movie with Ellen DeGeneres before she came out of the closet. Oh yeah, uh, Independence Day 2. And uh, that show that my dad watches. Oh, the one on the uh, Spice Channel. I miss that network so much. Uh, you know what? Actually, I, I think I might have gotten this wrong, Greg. Uh, do tell. I think that was Bill Pullman in those movies. William, I think, prefers. William Pullman. Tree Williams. Tree Williams is dead. 
Trent Williams, who is the bad guy in The Phantom, and uh, yeah. he was in that movie Dead Heat that we all know and love. You mean Dead Heat with Joe Piscopo? And Vincent Price. Hell yeah. I actually love Dead Heat. Fuck. So he uh, he passed away, huh? Yeah, yeah. 1988's Dead Heat. Uh, Treat Williams passed away in an unfortunate motorcycle accident. So I believe a moment of silence for uh, Treat Williams. Okay, here we go. Well, I feel better. Me too. Yeah. You know, Treat Williams' character in Dead Heat, his name is Roger Mortis. Well, he is a treat for the worms now, I think. Uh, too soon? That's, uh, that is so on the nose, even for me. You know, uh, Dead Heat, great movie. Yeah, Not exactly it. known for it. its uh, quality writing. No. No, it's not. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a Piscopo vehicle. That's right around the time Joe Piscopo started to get really buff. Also known as the golden age of Joe Piscopo. Yeah, and I don't know who the fuck Matt Reif is, but if you're a real buff comedian, you're not funny. Hold on a quick second there. Uh, yeah. Are you trying to tell me that prop comic Carrot Top is not as hilarious as I've thought he was? These past, oh, I don't know, 20, 30 years. Carrot Top stopped being funny the moment he started steroids. You know, he's got a weird, like, eyeliner thing going on, too, that really doesn't. Yeah, uh, yeah, he, a lot of Botox. A lot of Botox. He looks like a monster. Like, if the, if the boogeyman was real, it's Carrot Top. Yes, he is. Yes. He's basically the real-life Pennywise. He's history's greatest monster! I just hope Treat Williams appreciates this eulogy that we have for him. R.I.P. Treat Williams. Roger Mortis. And you were great in Independence Day 2. <laughs> Starring Bill Pullman. Okay, I feel good. Take her away. All right, well, I guess it's my turn. To apologize, I know I'm kind of uh, kind of known for dragging these things out and getting a little long-winded. You know, uh, I'm not going to do that to you this time. It's been a little while since we've uh, since we put out an episode. A lot's happened in the last month, two months, whatever the fuck it's been. It's been um, a while, so I don't want to waste your time here. It's always been my goal with this show. If I ever felt that I was wasting anybody's time. I would be wrought with immense guilt. Okay, I'm not going to continue this bit. It's been a few weeks, and I don't really want to get into it, so I'm just going to make this one real quick. Like I said, I, uh, um, just going to come right out with it. I ate a guy. What? What? Yeah. I ate a guy. Like, like out? Consumed a human being on our off time. Whoa. Now, I can't really talk about the details uh, because I can only assume that there's an ongoing investigation. And even if I outlast that shit, uh, there could potentially be a civil suit on top of this. So I certainly don't expect a jury of my peers to give me the OJ treatment on this one. So 
for the sake of our audience, my scumbag lawyer, and my victim's grieving family, I assume, I apologize. Although, uh, if we keep waiting so long between these episodes, I most certainly will do it again. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Thank you. Well, I, I mean, are you going to, like, try to eat me? Like, what? No, but I am going to continue to use this show as a platform to admit my violent crimes to the rest of the world. Yeah, I think that's that's a wise move, and I'm, I'm going to keep doing it. But yeah, I'm done with my apology notes. Okay. All right, Greg. Well, let's get into the movie of the week. Yay! Yay! What is it? Well, my man, we are going back to 1989. We are going to be covering Intruder. And why are we doing this movie, Greg? Uh, because I think we both relate heavily to the titular Intruder. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Well, uh, I wasn't totally serious about that. But uh, oh. it's more so that we are both huge fans of the cast Campbell and Sam Raimi. Yeah. And to a lesser extent, Scott Spiegel. Of course. So this is a film that came out in 1989 and uh, for some reason has eluded me these past 34, 5, 69 years. <laughs> I recently just found out about this movie. Uh, you uh, told me about it. I had never heard of this before. Yeah, and the, the reason why I found out about it was because of the billing. Uh, Bruce Campbell was like the, the main name for the movie, then Sam Raimi, Ted Raimi. Yep. And it's it's like uh, Bruce Campbell's in it for what, two minutes? Uh, he was one of the cops at the end, I think, right? Yeah, which we'll, we'll definitely get to. Uh, but I, I found out the reason why this movie wasn't as big of a deal as it was. What? There's a lot of good slasher films that came out in 1989 that were definitely just like swept under the rug and forgotten about. And the reason why was because that was the year that the slasher died until 1996 when it was rejuvenated by Wes Craven's Scream. What happened was there was Jason Takes Manhattan. Everyone's and, favorite Jason movie. It, uh, yes, uh, we love it. Jason Takes a Boat. And then uh, I, as I, 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 I curse of Michael Myers, and everyone's favorite Michael Myers movie. Uh, but my least favorite of the three is Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Part Five: The Dream Child. It's those everyone's three, favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Those three movies alone actually killed the slasher genre and kind of horror as a whole. In all seriousness, I can absolutely see why, uh, because. The power combined of those three fucking ass awful films at the time. Yeah, it's like the Infinity Pretty Stones. much made no one want to watch a slasher for a long time. Exactly. Uh, also, considering that they had been releasing several films of the genre on a yearly basis up until oh, that yeah. point. It was just audience fatigue. They were just tired of the, the formula. Absolutely. So this, like this movie, along with a bunch of other ones, like one of them I can think of top of my head is uh, House 3 Horror Show, which... I mean, I, I don't even know if you've seen that movie. You fool! I, I know a lot of our listeners probably haven't seen it or even heard of it. And I have it seen came the out... first two house movies. Okay, yeah, but there's there was uh, a lot of other good slashers that came out in 89 that people just don't know about because everybody stopped fucking caring at that point. And I feel like now, at 2023... These movies are starting to like just kind of like pop out of the woodwork, including Intruder. Well, and a lot of this is word of mouth. Obviously, social media has a part in this. And as you said, all the streaming services. Uh, so that's why like movies like, you know, like the, the Prowler pieces 
the burning stuff like that these aren't 89 but also they were like really like under the rug slasher flicks all it takes is a couple of strapping handsome young men to mention this kind of shit on their podcast maybe do a long form review of it while drinking of course and uh before you know it the word's out there it's spreading around and you've got a classic on your hands my friend yeah goddamn right absolutely ted sam you're welcome and more importantly scott spiegel you're fucking welcome too scott spiegel is the guy that directed this movie uh he's worked on films also known as the director what 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 okay he worked on uh films such as drag me to hell 2001 maniacs uh he he popped in the the spider-man movies he fucking directed from dust till dawn part two apparently he's tight with with the Raimis. uh he's tight with bruce and now he's kind of like one of those uh bigger names in hollywood but uh greg before i get too deep into the director and uh just the background of this movie how about we get into our list of characters my favorite fucking part of the show all right it would be my pleasure Fuckface. First up, we have the appropriately nicknamed Blondie. Oh my god, that's awesome. you didn't see that coming. I wrote her down in my notes as Blondie. Yeah, you know, not a whole lot of personality, not a lot of depth to this character. She is a supermarket clerk who is not afraid to get down and dirty in the checkout line. By which I, of course, mean intercourse. Oh, I thought she just got finger blasted. Still pretty inappropriate to do on the job, if you ask me. <laughs> hey, man, when you're on the job, you got to get on the job. Our next yep. character is Kirk Hammerin. <laughs> who some of you may recognize from church. Is <laughs> he is the closest thing we have to a noble hero, and he is a love interest to the aforementioned Blondie. Not a whole lot to him, honestly, but uh, I will just say he certainly knows a sure thing when he sees it. Yes. He's the guy doing the finger blasting. That's what I mean by that. Yeah, he was the finger blast guy. Uh-oh. Also, I should probably get this out in the open real quick before I get too far down the list. Every male character in this movie looks and is dressed exactly the same. They're all wearing the same clothes. Apparently, there's a uniform at this supermarket, and it's fucking plaid shirt and jeans tucked in yeah and uh like a like a subtle mullet it's like that condensed like low-key curly mullet kind of thing yeah they didn't all have it but they had they had their own variations on it you know it it was a theme it was noticeable except for one man who stood out a defiant unique individual among a school of sheep and his name is billy ray he is the dirtbag ex-boyfriend of Blondie. He is a violent misogynist. He's an unpredictable drug addict. And to be honest, he's also kind of a misunderstood rebel with a heart of gold. You can tell by the leather jacket. That's right. I kept calling him Andrew Dice Clay. Oh! He popped up in uh, You Slay Me TV series. And also uh, some of the witchcraft sequels. This is, you know, they uh, really start getting good right around eight or nine, and then it just it carries that momentum straight through like twenty five. Yeah, he popped up in seven, and then uh, he skipped eight and went right to number nine. Smart move. Eight was the sleeper. Of course, of course. Our next character 
was given just the simple nickname, a mustache. And I think you know where I'm going with this. He is a rough and tumble assistant manager at the supermarket. He is a smoker. He's a joker. He is everyone's best bud. And he is not afraid to throw down whenever necessary. That's right. We are talking about none other than Dan Hicks. Uh, Dan Hicks, who unfortunately passed away June uh, 30th of 2020, uh, not COVID related. He played Jake in Evil Dead 2. uh, And he was also in Maniac Cop. He was in Darkman. He was in fucking Ultraman. He was in Spider-Man 2. He was in 2001 Maniacs. You could see this kind of has a theme. All these guys work together. Does his agent like only throw him scripts that have the word man in them? It's just it, I mean, Dark I mean, Man, Spider Man, and uh, and uh, Man, Man, Maniac, <laughs> Spider Man, yeah, Dark Man, yeah, Evil Man, Man Two, the Ten Commandments. Jesus Christ! You said it, man. Hey, who's also in My Name Is Bruce? With Bruce Campbell. Originally titled, My Name is Bruce, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you could see, like I said, you could see a theme here. They all fucking, these guys all work together. They're all buddies. You know, like Barbara Crampton, Jeffrey Combs, Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell. It's great. All, all those other movies where people got along on set. It's, it, it, I'm sure it happens. It's fine. It happens. Uh, it's K- Killian Murphy and... Uh, the guy who did those Batmans, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, uh, or like that, that Terminator movie where uh, Christian Bale was being really buddy-buddy with that lighting guy. What don't you fucking understand? <laughs> Fuck's sake, man, you're amateur. Or uh, I think, uh, which Mission Impossible was it? Where Tom Cruise was like super cool with the crew? <laughs> Every one of them. We are not shutting this movie down! Oh, good for you! That's it! All right. I'm gonna fucking kick your fucking ass. You know, shut up for a second, all right? Bullshit! Well, and then completing the second half of our dynamic management duo of this supermarket, we have a character that I just called Gary. And he is the boss. He is the store owner. He runs a tight ship, but sadly, that ship is rapidly sinking. And, uh... I don't know if I kind of read a little bit too far between the lines on this one, but he's possibly in a torrid love affair with mustache. You don't know. Maybe, probably. This is Eugene Robert Glazer. Eugene is such a dumb name. I mean, he he probably goes by like Gino or something cool like that. Yeah, yeah, Gene. Just good old Gene. He pops in a bunch of like just TV dramas. Uh, for like a like just like a one episode thing, so he probably has an awesome agent. He popped in Kung Fu: The Legend Continues, Walker Texas Ranger, La Femme Nikita, Twenty Four, Charmed. You, you see, Russ is going. Intruder may have been the high point of his career. That's fine. It's a great movie. Hell yeah! Good on you, Gino. Thanks, baby. And next, we have Tim, Little Timmy. He is. Your typical wild card wacky stock boy. Uh, a bit of an opportunistic alcoholic. I mean, aren't we all? And he also loves to get high on the job, like every supermarket employee that has ever existed. This is Craig Stark. Craig. 
who also popped in a bunch of uh, Quentin Tarantino films. Why am I Mr. Pink? Because you're a fucking motherfucker, all right? <laughs> and then we have Randy, a butcher who has absolutely touched the meat in confusing but erotic ways. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, he just looks like the rest of them. He's wearing the same shirt, same clothes. Uh, he, there's not a whole lot that distinguishes him from the rest of the cast. He's just a uh, deli meat fucker. That's all I got. Yeah, he kind of looks like that guy that did uh, that one movie. Oh, my neighbor. There it is. He also okay. worked at a supermarket. Yep. And was violently killed by an intruder in 1989. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pete. God bless you. He's in a biker gang with Treat Williams now. <laughs> it's the party! Followed handily by a character that I named Poindexter. Who is the nerdy produce kid who definitely 100%, absolutely, without a doubt, Jerks off at work. What are you, my dad? He was in the movie for like two minutes. He had glasses. That's why he's Poindexter. Oh, Ted Raimi. Poindexter. His name is Poindexter. Sam Raimi was the last guy we were talking about, Randy. Yeah. Ted Raimi played Produce Joe. That can't be right. Yeah, Ted Raimi was the Daniel Day-Lewis of the movie. <laughs> I thought that Ted Raimi was actually a, uh, not to be insensitive here, but a somewhat overweight zombie woman. <laughs> completely unrecognizable in this movie yeah yeah it worked on and then we just got one more uh this guy is probably has even smaller role than uh, our friend poindexter there but i gave him the demeaning and condescending nickname of machine gun Kelly, <laughs> because he is just an awkward teenage dipshit that's the one that was jerking off yeah, probably. I don't actually remember this jerk-off scene. I, I you don't remember the jerk-off scene? Well, we're going to talk about it. Okay. All right. Please please point it out to me because these are... Oh, trust uh, me. I will. It's in my notes. These are things that interest me quite a bit. All right. I would like to see Machine Gun Kelly jerking off in a supermarket. You and me both, Tiger. Although, if you believe my internet search history, I've probably seen it several times already. So, <laughs> with that said, how would you like to get into the plot? Okay, let's do it. We get to uh, the opening of the movie, which shows us what the full moon features logo. So right there, you know, you're going to get a good fucking movie because it's 1989 and not 2023 or honestly anything from the last 20 years. There was a time where that full moon features logo was considered a stamp of quality. Yeah. Now it's just modern day trauma. Well, it sucks just like everything else in 2023. Let's be real. Not a joke. <laughs> so we zoom into this supermarket checkout line where two dum-dums are chatting instead of doing their job. Two dum-dums are chatting while Burgess Meredith is all pissed off about it because he's just trying to check out and get the fuck out of there. Uh, this uh, this short old man is actually Emil Sitka. This is the only horror movie he ever appeared in. And do you know where his fame actually comes from, Greg? Pornography. Yeah. Close. The oh. Three Stooges movies. Cool. Yeah. And the part where he actually says, why don't you hold hands, you <laughs> He used to say that to the Three Stooges all the time. Hold hands, you <laughs> is actually on his tombstone. Well, that's just fantastic. I did not catch that reference. 
Although now that you mention it, I'm a little disappointed that he wasn't just a lot more slapstick in this role, considering that he was suffering the consequences of uh, these two dum-dums negligence, which caused him to spill his grocery bags. It sure did. Good thing it was his grocery bag and not his colostomy bag. Oh. Disgusted by this display, Blondie decides to go outside and play with some shopping carts. When she comes back in, a leather-clad scumbag is waiting for her in line. Turns out, this is uh, her ex-boyfriend, Billy Ray Cyrus, who uh, decides it's time to get awkwardly violent, and a giant fucking fight ensues. I was attacked by some idiot from out here in the projects. Good fucking lord, this was hilarious. Yes. Everyone in the store decides that they were going to participate in a wrestling match with good old Billy Ray. He tried to pull my clothes off. You are so dumb. Also, I just love that Blondie number two starts ringing the alarm and the manager's upstairs in that uh, their office were just like, those dumb broads are hitting the alarm. They can go fuck themselves. I think it's funny that you named her Blondie number two because I didn't even bother giving her a name. Uh, you may have noticed I left her off of the cast list. Yeah, she's I noticed that. Well, so she's pointless. inconsequential to this yeah. entire plot that she, is, she doesn't even get a title. She's not even Blondie's friend. She's just there. Whatever. Just, Sorry. Just, yeah. uh, whatever your name is, actress from 1989. I assume your life as a crack whore went well. You know that's Jennifer Aniston, right? She really turned her shit around. Yep. You know, it was probably because of the kind tutelage of Warwick Davis on the set of Leprechaun. <laughs> Batman works magic. Literally. Excellent! Eventually, management intervenes, breaks the fight up, giving Billy Ray the opportunity to make a run for it. And this is kind of funny because every once in a while there's a wide shot where you get a feel for the scale of this grocery store, and it's really not that big. No, it's so not. the fact that this guy just, he runs away and kind of like ducks behind an aisle. And then everybody, there's like 10 people here. They're all like, where'd he go? But <laughs> he's, I love just, they, he's just hiding in the supermarket now. They all split up at this point to look for him. And yeah. this kind of reminds me of Evil Dead. They show things like a, like a meat hook. They show uh, an electric bone cutter. There's probably six or seven uh, cases of the Chekhov's gun in this yes. movie, which I yeah. think is, um, that's just like film school shit, right? Like they teach you to do that. It's just good storytelling, but we are, we're introduced to the full scale of murder devices that a, uh, a grocery store has to offer. And I, I appreciate that. Oh, hell yeah. Good job, Spiegel. Yeah. The whole, the whole fucking split up is absolutely hilarious. Uh, and then eventually we're introduced to uh, Special Ted. You mean Poindexter? Daniel Day-Lewis. He does a bang-up job in this one. You can't even tell it's him. Oh, and he's carrying around a big old armload of watermelons. Well, that's his job. He just carries watermelons. I mean, if someone paid me three and a half dollars an hour to just carry watermelons from one place to another, I'd fucking do it. Absolutely. Think of the exercise yeah. you'd get. So while everyone is spreading out throughout the store... Uh, Billy Ray takes this as an opportunity to sneak up on Blondie again. And there's really only one way to fucking put this. He full-on sexually assaults her. Well, obviously we have a rapist. You no good try fuck you. You are really dumb, for real. You know what? The best way to get your girl back is to scare the shit out of her and just straight up intimidate her. 
Yeah, and get real fucking handsy. They love that. That's right. Well, it turns out that we are both incorrect about that because she does not like this behavior. Fortunately, the management show up once again, just in time to give Billy Ray the proverbial boot, which, in my opinion, is way too lenient for what he just did to one of their employees. But they just, they put him outside. He lingers for a minute, but eventually just kind of runs away into the night. And I think they all kind of uh, incorrectly assume that he's just gone forever. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you there. He's literally sexually uh, sexually assaulting this chick, but of course it's the 80s. So they're just like, hey, go on now, get, shoot. They're like, well, we got Cosby on the lot next door. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, we're all just kind of turning the other way on that. So, dude, you do what you got to do, and uh, we'll just kind of relocate you. They treated it like a Penn State locker room. Oh, my sweet Jesus. So right about now, after this recent controversy, big boss man Gary decides that this is the perfect time to call a, uh employee meeting. He gets everybody together, and he decides, I'm going to tell everyone, that you're all fired because uh, me and Mustache have mutually decided that we're selling the store. So you're all fucked. We don't really care. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Just like DMX. And his hit song, Closing Time. As everyone is packing up and getting ready to leave, Billy Ray decides that he's going to start making some angry prank phone calls a la Ghostface just to be as menacing and inappropriate as possible to Blondie. I really don't get why nobody beat the shit out of this guy. They they should not have let him go. He's he's a menace. He's a he's a scourge upon this small town. Oh my god, absolutely. And isn't this the point where they uh they actually go into the backstory behind him? Blondie admits to her inconsequential friend who has Blondie no too. name that Billy Ray, uh, you know, they have a past, and she is sure because she witnessed it that he is capable of murder. Yeah, apparently they got into a little bit of an argument. A guy stepped in, uh, you know, because that's what sometimes men do. They see uh, a guy fighting with his broad. He steps in, and that guy got killed. Fortunately, we get jump-scared by a magazine featuring WWF wrestler Sting. (laughs) And this moment is no longer awkward for us. And right about now, big man Kirk Cameron decides that he's going to prove to Blondie that he is all man by defeating the child lock on a bottle of aspirin. Needless to say, she's impressed. I'm disgusted by this scene because he drops the aspirin in his hand and then hands it to her when he could have just held her hand out and dropped a couple tablets in there. Yeah, or dump it into the cap and then toss it over. Really a little unsanitary, man. Is this before they started doing the sealer? Because of the cyanide? There's cyanide and aspirin? Yeah, you remember that? There was like a, a Tylenol thing where a bunch of people were like eating 
taking Tylenol, but it was cyanide. You're talking about Jonestown? No, 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 no. That's a real life thing. That's why there was like uh, seal- seals on stuff now. I assume the child lock was there to prevent children from getting into it. Nope. Fortunately, Kirk Cameron is a grown adult, so he had no problem with that one. Yep, so he popped uh, Blondie a couple cyanides. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. He goes and fucks off because Mustache tells him to set up a display case full of beans and pineapple, calling it a shit flower or something like that. And uh, Mustache tells Blondie that he's going to give her a recommendation to another grocery store somewhere down the street or some shit. You know, it, it turns out Mustache is just a really fucking good dude, right? Great guy. Just always All around helping everybody. Guy. He's he's concerned about your future career. Uh, he's telling fun stories. Yeah, he's everybody's best friend. Uh, nothing could go wrong with this guy. Nothing. And then we get a little bit more backstory between MGK and uh, Nameless Blondie too. whatever. They're talking shit about him not just being a psycho, but a drug-addicted psycho, which I think uh, we can all recognize as way worse. That's not good. You can't reason with them. Yeah, no. It's uh, They're really going out of their way. This script uh, is making a huge point that Billy Ray is the worst human being in existence in all possible ways. He's punching women. He's taking drugs. He's killed in the past. He's the reason why we have Miley Cyrus. Yeah, he's got an ominous mullet, a leather jacket with fucking spikes on it. Like, this guy is a fucking scourge. He's not the type of guy you want in your supermarket after 9 p.m. Let me just put it that way. But he loves Journey. I mean, who doesn't, right? Yeah, yeah. Separate Ways is the superior song to Don't Stop Believing, and I will not compromise on that. I like the song from Caddyshack. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get a free bowl of soup, huh? <laughs> And then in a scene that to me was kind of reminiscent of uh, Alien, we have everyone gathered around a table eating dinner, just kind of shooting the shit and like talking about their own uh, points of view on the current situation. Mustache is kind of hovering around and, and he's, he's kind of monopolizing things, further proving that he's just the best guy ever, like, you know, just super cool. Would never stab somebody for sure. That's, that would it, never even cross my Did you pick mind. up on the story that he told? Well, why don't you recap it real quick? He tells a story about finding a, uh, it was him and the night crew. They found a headless corpse and they found another guy walking down the street, holding a severed head in his hand, eating a burger. USA. Sounds like it might be relevant later on in this story. Yes, but dude, that's from Raising Arizona. The Nick Cage classic Raising Arizona? Yeah, that's from that movie, dude. He just, from 1987. Interesting. They tell that same story in Raising Arizona. Nicolas Cage tells it. You know, I don't know about you, but I have a hard time picturing Nicolas Cage doing something so crazy as decapitating a man and eating a burger while he walks down the street with his head in his hand. That's just, that's, that's not Nick Cage behavior. No, it's not. Never. Thanks, baby. And this is right about the time that the cops decide to show up. And they are clearly incompetent. But they seem well-intentioned. I don't know. They don't really, uh, they don't play a big role. They don't do much. They, they kind of remind me of the cops from Slumber Party Massacre, too, where they're just useless and they have nothing to do. The first thing that popped into my mind were the um, the two cops from the Ernest movies. Oh, very good. 
they don't really look the same, but they had the same kind of energy. They also kind of had that same energy of the cops from Last House on the Left. But anyway, here we have Blondie's anonymous friend heading out to her car to go home, finally. This is one of many scenes where people go outside. One of the things I noticed about this movie is the, the actual time isn't very clear. When this movie started, what was it already after dark? It was like quarter to nine. Uh, yeah, grocery so store like, was closed at nine o'clock. So if the store is closed, these people are hanging out for another, like, what, two hours? They're, like, doing all this, like, after hours work. Yeah, they're the night but, crew. But, but they were working when the movie started. Are they, They're just doing, like, two shifts? You have this second shift thing where it's, like, four hours, you get to deal with customers, and then four hours, you're stocking shelves. Yeah, but it seems like ever since Billy Ray came in, and then the management declared that they were going to be, you know, closing the store permanently. It seemed like that was the cue for everybody to just go home. But instead, they're all just kind of lingering and they're Some of them are doing their jobs. Some of them are drinking. Some of them are just hanging out. I don't totally understand the motivation of all of these store employees. I think, I think I guess, you're dwelling too much on this. Oh, I absolutely am. Uh, long yeah. story short, I think at least probably four or five of them could have avoided a sloppy death at the hands of this intruder. Had your kids. If they would have just taken a little like, bit of uh, initiative gone home? and gone the fuck home. Okay. This was 1989, man. I don't remember what minimum wage was back then, but it was Three well bucks. below five bucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure that was proportionate to everything else, but you could find another minimum wage job. There was most likely another grocery store within a couple of blocks. This isn't skilled work. You know, these are just kids. For the most part. This is nothing against our listeners who work at grocery stores. We're just saying it's not the be all end all. Unless you work at Tops, because that is clearly the, the shit store when you could be at Wegmans in Western New York. That is a fact. Yeah. You really know you're a loser if you end up working at Tops in Western New York. And if you're in Pennsylvania, if you're working at a giant eagle, you're even a bigger loser. You know who's the fucking cream of the crop, though? Yeah. Anyone who is lucky enough, fucking beautifully talented enough to achieve employment at Food Lion. That's where oh, you want to be. I was thinking more like Costco. Nah, 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 man. Costco is too it's too big. It's too diluted. There's uh too much going on there. Food Lion, that's where it's at. Okay. That's the money market. Of course. But at Costco, I could get five pounds of mayonnaise and a, a surfboard. Is that important to you? I mean, yeah. A lot of mayonnaise. That's what you need. That's how you gauge this. I am really white. No shit, Sherlock. Also, if any of our listeners do work at Tops, nothing against you. We love you. We think you're great. But maybe mop those floors every once in a while. I remember being back in Buffalo and the Tops supermarket floors were as sticky as like a movie theater after Pee Wee Herman masturbated. It's seriously like the back room of a fucking porn store. Oh, yeah. I dropped a credit card and I could not peel it off of the fucking floor. I lost my Crocs there. Instantly glued. I had a baby once. Pops has the baby now. Yep. Mustache goes outside to touch himself in the parking lot or something. Where he finds Billy Ray just kind of dicking around by the dumpster. He's like looking in the window, creeping on Blondie. He... Did not leave when he was told to. So I think 
he earned the beating that he receives from Mustache. Yeah, but uh, Mustache actually uh, loses the upper hand here, and Billy Ray gives him a good old hammer to the face. They fist fight momentarily like men, but yeah, eventually the hammer plays its part. And I always have to wonder, whenever you see this kind of thing in a film, is he really standing up after that? Oh, a hammer to the head? You can't just take a hammer shot to the head, man. I mean, it was with a limp wrist. Pussy. Uh, but also, I want to point out here that Blondie is in the bathroom cleaning her bloody nose, which seems to take her a good 45 minutes to do. Yeah, I think there's probably some cut scenes where she is a heavy cocaine addict. Oh, man, you and me both, baby. Just out of control. I'd party with her. Also, I have to note, the movie does lose a couple of points because Billy Ray did not drop the punchline, it's hammer time, when he smacked another guy in the head with a hammer. I think that's mandatory. I, I agree, and also the lack of tittery. He could have popped his tits out while he did it. You know, I'm not picky. That's right. Meanwhile, Tim sneakily gets drunk in the cooler, and Gary gets bored in the eye while taking care of paperwork in his office. Oh, he gets bored. bored. And bored. this is where we realize pretty much uh, definitively that Billy Ray can't be the intruder, right? Like, Billy Ray's outside uh, rolling around with mustache, beating him with hammers until he's in special ed. And uh, there's a different guy inside stabbing Gary. So it, I don't know if the movie meant to fucking turn that card over right away but uh it ain't billy ray it ain't billy ray and it definitely ain't mustache oh absolutely not there's no possible way right because they were no not with that accent plus he's super cool so cool great guy killer guy yeah he'll he's the type of guy that like once he's done mowing his lawn, he'll just come over and do yours just because he already has the fucking mower out. Yeah, and just like if you move to Vermont, Bernie Sanders will cut your lawn for you. And personally supply health care. Every three months, get a free physical from Bernie Sanders. Uh, right after this, we got ourselves uh, Blondie and Loverboy going at it right at the, uh, the cash register, huh, Greg? Well, that's what I'm talking about when I describe this character, man. There are no limits when it comes to what Blondie will do on a conveyor belt. Oh, man, what a good time. Nothing like having sex at where you work. One of the simple pleasures of the minimum wage job. Meanwhile, while this is going on, Tim is off in uh, the cooler section watching, and he actually starts pounding off to this. Like he's yeah. fucking 12 years old. All they're doing is making out, and he's finger banging her. Yeah! There's no tits. There's no bush. He's simultaneously shotgunning beers and pounding off in the cooler, which I gotta say... I would do the same fucking thing. What are you, my dad? You know, he's supposed to be slapping price tags on uh, beer cans. Instead, he's having the time of his life. Yeah, goddamn right. Unfortunately, this kind of behavior, as we all know, leads to getting bored. You get bored. Bored. And now you're fucking dead forever. Go fuck yourself. He gets stabbed right in the fucking sternum. And I gotta say, nice little bit of detail here. You can really tell that his BAC is way above the legal limit by how watery that blood is when it's spewing out of him. That is amazing because it's he gets stabbed through the heart, it goes through the back, hits a case of beer, the beer sprays so the blood sprays, and it is just a blood beer massacre. Excellent! And next up, we come upon Poindexter, our old friend Ted Raimi. Daniel Day. Who, who for some reason is just 
viciously hacking at produce in the back with a knife. It's not even really clear what he's doing or what his job is. He's wearing headphones. He's fucking in his own little world. But he's just kind of like overhand chopping fruit and vegetables with a knife. He's he's grabbing um, it like it's hand fruit and eating it. Good for you, Ted or Poindexter, whatever we're calling you. However, your inappropriate behavior also leads to getting bored. Right in the goddamn skull this time. He just takes a fucking full shaft of that knife right in the fucking dome. Yeah. Uh, but he died doing what he loves doing, and that's chopping up a watermelon viciously while listening to the cars. I mean, I wouldn't mind going out that way. I'd rather go out the way Treat Williams went. It's not as ironic as getting in a motorcycle accident while listening to the cars, but it's still not bad. <laughs> it's not as ironic as listening to Dave Matthews' band Crash. That's not funny! It's not! And then, of course, we have Machine Gun Kelly, your favorite and mine, in the back of the store doing all the Charlie work, because who else is going to take care of that than our resident Charlie, MGK? <laughs> That's right. I love this scene right here, too, because he actually goes, hey, what are you doing there, Bill or Ted or whatever the fuck? Are you going to give me another wedgie? Well, I actually had the foresight not to wear any underwear, so the joke's on you. It's great, but this it's great. officially makes him a more developed character than 90% of the cast in this movie. The He's literally just, the best. the best character. His couple of offhand lines there, which are... They're written for humor. He's talking about not wearing underwear, getting wedgies. It's great stuff. Very 80s. Implies so much about his dynamic with the other workers, about his position at the store, uh, yeah. his place in the hierarchy. He's getting yeah. bullied all the time. He's taking out the trash. He's doing the Charlie work. And yet somehow he seems to be very accepting of it. He's very uh, content with his lot in life and his position at this grocery store. Yeah, too bad his lot in life is going to end right about now. Oh, he stumbles upon Tim's frozen corpse and gets summarily punished for his workplace incompetence with a nice, juicy skull crushing. And from the second we saw him ominously pacing around a hydraulic trash compactor, we knew this was coming. We knew this was going to happen. And it was great. Yeah, no, that's the thing, dude. It could have been that his whole body got put in there and crushed. Instead... Good. It was just his head, and it went smushed, and it went smushed, it went smushed, went smushed, and it was amazing. And as you said, excellent practical effects on this bad boy. So then Randy, or whoever the fuck is still left alive, uh, he's uh, he's dicking around in the meat locker. I think he was the butcher. Is uh, that Sam? That's Sam. I think that's Sam, yeah. Uh, Sam Raimi. Anyway, Get a good look is... at a butcher by sticking your head up a cow's ass. Did you make that up? That's from Tommy Boy. Oh, it's from something. Yeah. You that, get it. You get it. You get a good look. You get a good look at a cow's ass by sticking your head up a butcher. Wait a minute. No, that's not right. Is that that's from a movie? You get you get a good look at a T-bone steak by by fucking a cow. And, and... You're ad-libbing because it's going great. So Sam's <laughs> over here. To... Well, anyway, straight to the point. He gets bored onto a meat hook. Uh, who cares? His character fucking sucked just like the rest of them. Uh, it's, it's one more plaid-shirted, quasi-mulleted gentleman out of the way. That's a fun him kill. Off. You knew as soon as you saw him go into that locker that he was going to get fucking stabbed under that. Oh, hook. yeah. As soon as you saw the meat hook, you know he was donezo. 
And that's something we mentioned it before, but this movie is just great. It just giving you a quick setup and then a payoff. It's at this point in the film, the pacing is very rapid. They established these characters about as minimally as they can. They showed what they do, where they do it, and whatever object is in their vicinity that can be used to kill them. And then one by one, this is where we're at. They're just biting the dust. Yeah, I know. Dude, seriously, everything you said on the nose, another one bites the dust. Oh, thanks, man. One by one, we will take you. Well, that's just what we call pillow talk, baby. You got that? Oh, and this is another fucking weird uh, development. This is where Kirk Cameron... Because who knows where he's been this whole time. He's just been wandering around on the other side of the store where people aren't dying left and right. (laughs) He finds a pair of disembodied feet in a bathroom stall. He thinks that it's somebody pulling a prank on him. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. He kind of acts like this is a normal, like, going on at this supermarket. Like, all right, guys, who pulled the fucking chopped off feet prank again? These look just (laughs) like your shoes, and there's definitely blood all over the place. Why does this keep happening to me? (laughs) why is that the first thing you would think if you saw some feet in a bathroom stall? Yeah, I know, right? Unbelievable. You know what, Kirk? Hate to say it, you kind of deserve what's fucking coming to you. Sorry, oh, absolutely. Spoilers. Anyway, he gets lost and confused in the attic somehow because Kirk ain't the brightest bulb in the box. Ends up watching on from above as Billy Ray menacingly approaches Blondie in the main uh, checkout area, whatever you call that. Yeah, cashier. Gary apparently is still alive, and he kind of gives us a little jump scare. He fucking grabs onto Kirk and really minorly inconveniences him by bleeding on him. Yeah, Uh, Kirk's all like, fuck you, man. I got to go save this broad I'm going to I can only assume that Kirk is very confused right now. He really doesn't get any answers. It's like, oh, what's going on with Gary? What's happening with Blondie? All this shit. He's like overstimulated. (laughs) Why are there feet? Yeah, what were these from he's on full time he thinks it's all a joke ah there goes gary again with his missing eyeball gag (laughs) right why is this ladder covered in gary's blood oh (laughs) anyway he falls off the ladder fucking lands on his back doesn't really figure anything out with blondie suddenly he is intruded upon had your kids had your wife oh my god and had your husband because they were anybody out here kind of a major plot twist here right yeah i think like anybody who is watching this movie, we all kind of assumed that Kirk Cameron was like the guy. He was like the hero. He was going to be yeah. uh, right there with like the final girl. Uh, yep. You know, they've been developing this love interest with Blondie throughout the, the course of the film. Yeah. Nope. He's fucked. He's dead forever. He gets his fucking, his skull gets intruded in half with one of those, I don't even know what you call it. It's like the band saw. That it's the chicken, to... the chicken bone saw. You, you put uh, like a whole chicken carcass through it to make it more fuckable. No, 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 no! <laughs> I assume. Where uh, at one point in the plot, his head was in one piece. Now it's in two. Oh, God, but what a great scene. Oh, it's beautiful. My God, the practical effects on this are great. So it's like the kills start with just like a stab here and there. And then they progress to like getting chopped in the head, a meat hook through the face. And this is just where it's at, baby. Bit by bit, they become more like thematically appropriate to the characters that they're affecting. Yeah. So now Blondie is, of course, getting chased throughout the store. She's not even really sure who's behind her. She thinks it's Billy Ray or whoever the mystery intruder is. We obviously know they're two different people now, so the, the mystique of Billy Ray is totally gone. 
One by one, the corpses of her co-workers are revealed to her. Uh, so she smartly decides, it's time to get the fuck out of here. And the fact that at this point, there's another half hour left of the movie. It's a like, pretty fucking quick half hour, though, man. It is. It goes by so fast, but, like, it, it kind of starts slow, and then the kills, everything just happens so fucking fast. And then yeah. she she's the only one left, and you she starts finding all the bodies everywhere, which great gags for this too but you check and it's like there's another 30 minutes what the fuck you know it's got a lot of the same uh structure in a way and a lot of the same plot tropes as like every other slasher the pacing is just fucking wild in this though like um, dude the pacing is like great said, it, it starts off very like kind of deliberate it gives you a feel for uh you know life in the supermarket and then it's just fucking 90 miles an hour ramps up all of a sudden oh, we yeah. just lost we just lost basically all of our main cast in about five ten minutes it, it happened so quick it's like a band-aid and i could be happier to see it yeah because blondie now realizes something ain't right at the fucking food lion unfortunately she quickly finds that all of her exits are locked but she does find Mustache, whose calm, friendly demeanor seems just a little more suspect in light of what's been going on around everybody here. Hey, he's pretty chill. He's way too chill, which some might see as suspicious. He tells her Billy Ray had knocked him out with his own hammer, which we saw earlier, and I still think that that's not just something you can do. Definitely nope. not something you're going to stand up from. I mean, it's just a hunk of metal. It'll put a hole in your head. Yeah. If there's a weapon designed to punch a hole into a skull more efficiently than a typical fucking carpenter's hammer, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Words of wisdom. Craig. Words of wisdom. So anyway, mustache survived that easily because he's the fucking man. Um, yeah, he's got a mustache. He's not going to let a little bit of brain damage slow him down. Yay! And luckily for him, he's actually just kind of running on pure adrenaline and killer instinct right now. And it is quickly revealed that he was the intruder all along. Wait, cool dude, Billy? Bah, bah, bah. The dude with the mustache? Wait, you said Billy? No, it was mustache. Yeah, B Bill. It was Bill's the guy. Mustache's name has been Bill this whole time? Yeah, it's been Bill. Well, shit. So the fact that I've been calling the other guy Billy and this guy Mustache, probably super fucking confusing for anybody uh, trying to follow along here, huh? You dumb idiot. But it turns out, Billy Mustache has been murdering everyone uh, because Gary wanted to sell the store. This is the big fucking plot reveal. Apparently, his master plan was, I guess, to create a crime scene at the store and fuck himself over while simultaneously incriminating Billy Ray, who's actually named something else. It's Either crime. way, yeah, there's a Bill at the heart of this. Murdering people. This is a, it, Bill is the problem. That's clear. We're well, good. Okay. So, with that said, do you mind, my good man, if I just kind of wrap this shit up? Yes, for the love of God, yes. Because there are 69 more minutes in this movie, but they go quick. Boy, howdy. All right, here we go. 
Blondie manages to escape, retreating to the back of the store where she grabs a pair of knives the size of surfboards and resolves to go on the offensive. She's had her Taylor Swift playlist on repeat lately, and she's tired of murderous men pushing her around. She walks about ten feet before Mustache springs forth, causing her to drop her unwieldy weaponry and run for the door. She is greeted at the door by the nefarious nemesis himself, laughing derisively as she attempts to smash through the bulletproof glass that he had installed on all the doors the previous summer. Gary had argued that it was way too much for their already overstretched budget, but in the end, he had his way, and now it was finally paying off in his favor. Blondie watches helplessly as he stabs up the world's most unlucky delivery man on the other side of the glass. Before anyone can ask what the fuck is even happening, Mustache appears from behind her, manipulating Gary's decapitated head like a puppet. Billy Ray intrudes on their conversation, buying Blondie just enough time to flee through the bathroom window as he gets clubbed to death with another man's skull. She predictably manages to fuck up starting her truck and is once again intruded upon by her teleported tormentor, who is only slightly delayed by a knife to the chest. Billy Ray proves that he is, and always was, a true American hero. By hacking at Mustache with a cleaver no less than 69 times, the cops show up just in time to arrest Blondie and her abusive but recently somewhat redeemable ex-lover. Mustache rudely intrudes one last time to point his bloody sausage finger to incriminate the most suspicious motherfucker at the scene. The cops give him a congratulatory high five with an additional one at the side. Blondie vibrates with arousal. Baby cries out with impotent rage. Everyone gets It's What a great movie, Greg. Woo! Good movie, that one. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, 1989 Intruder. He's climbing in your windows. He's snatching your people up. The movie that Toby Hooper was originally set to direct. Uh, who knows how it would have been if that happened. I think this movie was absolutely amazing. You had great kills. You had a cheesy storyline. Excellent gore. Great pacing. I love how it was shot. And I love the reveal at the end. I absolutely love at the end of the movie you had... Bruce Campbell as a cop, but somehow he got top billing on the DVDs and uh, especially the international posters. Bruce Campbell is the main billing, uh, even though he's in the movie for fucking two minutes. This uh, this movie is absolutely great. It does, however, lose a star rating for me because of the lack of tittery. You had three times in the movie where you could have seen some tits and it never happened. Therefore, Intruder gets Four out of five scaries from this guy. Greg, how about it? Four out of five. Not bad. Not bad. Not um, bad at all. Well, you know, this is one of those rare occasions where I, I think I agree with most of the points that you made, man. Yeah. Um, gore was great. The effects were great. They didn't overdo it, but they gave you enough uh, enough splatter to keep things interesting. There really wasn't much story to talk about. It was a pretty weak reveal. You know, kind of a little bit of a misdirect really obvious misdirect towards the the badass in the leather jacket who's beating yeah i mean obviously it wasn't him i think they gave that up about halfway through though and they were like it's not even worth trying to fucking pretend yeah the characters uh, i mean i know it's a slasher the characters weren't really all that distinct i think a lot of times in this genre you get more of your stereotypes you know we did have a guy who was a little nerdy but he really didn't have many lines yeah Uh, um, they don't really go all the way with that which i don't know maybe that's a good thing 
sometimes that can get a little out of hand. So who knows, maybe that's fine in this situation. Overall, I think, um, like I mentioned earlier, what stood out most to me was the pacing. It was, it had a very different feel than a lot of other films in this genre. Because when shit started happening, there wasn't any nonsense in between. It was just boom, 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 boom. This guy's taking everybody out. Yep. Um, The end, kind of ambiguous. I, I mean, I know I was like screaming about it, but if you could actually hear any of the words I was saying, like, the end is just Blondie screaming as uh, Mustache is pointing at Billy Ray. Yeah. Just saying, like, he did it. Which I don't know if that's, like, the cliffhanger that it was intended to be. It was a little, like, do you think these cops actually believe this bloody fucking dude? If he just goes, it wasn't me, it was the other guy. And they're like, okay, that's fine. That's the law. Oh, yeah, of course they Uh, do, dude. You have the right to remain silent unless you're telling us the truth of the situation. And then we will take your word 100%. When the cops pulled up, Billy Ray had the knife in his hands. Whatever, that's fine. It's a, you know, it's a slasher. It uh, it checked all the boxes uh, except for the one big one, which you mentioned. Although you did bring up that Toby Hooper was offered this. I didn't know that. And I I could see this fit in his style. I could see him rolling with something like this. It would have been appropriate. If it would have been better or worse, who's to say? It probably would have been pretty much equivalent. This material isn't deep. <laughs> so <laughs> No. I'm sure it would have been fine. Uh, and really, you got the, the directing, acting, producing team of uh, the Raimis and Campbell. They're top notch. So if this could have been better, I don't know who would have done it. So, yeah. With that said, I completely hated it. This was a big piece of shit. I never want to see it again. Uh, where's the tit, Spiegel? Five out of five. There you have it. So that's Intruder from 1989. Intruder. 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 Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Everyone's getting stabbed up in this supermarket. I'm sorry someone had to say it at least once in this episode. You are so dumb. I think we can all consider ourselves lucky that I waited until the end. You are really dumb. For real. Well, uh, we're not really doing a theme right now because, uh, what is this? Are we doing a supermarket theme? What's going on? Are we doing slashers? What is this? This is Slacker Summer here at BTS where we uh, just kind of do episodes when we feel like it. Stay tuned. We're not stopping. Uh, We're just going to be a little more sparse until... uh, First. Until the bikini season is over and we can actually control ourselves. Yeah, you know, at that point, I'll let the bush grow out and let the forest reclaim the land. In the meantime, we've got shits to take and hearts to break. Well, you know what, my man? Uh, we took a we took a kind of a kind of an older approach. I think uh, for our next episode, we'll do something a little more modern. Okay, I like the sound of that. Something uh, a little more contemporary. Yeah, you know, something a little more contemporary, something a little more newer. Something that'll appeal to the, the kids, the youth. Definitely. Definitely something like that. It's been our, our target demographic since we started this. Uh, yeah, because there's what I just, I love the youth so much. Call the police. I get upset anytime I have to talk to somebody under 30. Well, on that note, stay tuned for random intermittent emissions from us this summer we will be back have a little faith uh nothing good easily how does that phrase go comes yeah yeah uh, no good deed goes 
uncoming. Uncommed. Only the good come young. No, 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 no! Billy Joel said it best. We didn't come the fire. Come town girl. Yes, that's the one. That's the hit. All right. With that said, why don't you love each other? Hey, care for... I don't want another. Good. Each other. Most importantly. Keep. 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 Boop. 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 Hey. Damn. That's scary. Gotta be honest. I'm not attracted to all of the Pokemon. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> Let me tell you. That Ooh. Mewtwo's got a fucking badonkadonk. God damn. I fucked your wife. I fucked your daughter. And I fucked your son. Oh my God, the overconfidence. Come, 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 come. Everybody. Come, come, come. I'll fucking bite you. That's the song. Had he survived, he most certainly would have said that. Bonjour. Damn these hoes, they'd be sucking on my toes. Come with me. Come with me.